you can turn as we begin to uh, Psalm 12. Psalm 12. We so appreciate the time with our dear brothers and sisters here at Metropolitan Baptist Church. This is still our, our church. We've been attending a church where my son-in-law is one of the pastors there in, in Sonoya, Georgia. And we sure appreciate the dear folks there. They've allowed us to leave our uh, trailer. I call, there I refer to it to the tin can. But uh, uh, we sure appreciate their great grace to us and allowing us to be in the, in the uh, backyard of the church, so to speak. And uh, uh, the secretary at the church there, she says, oh, I, I appreciate you all being back there. I feel a little bit more secure knowing you all back there. But we're not back there all that much. We, uh, we, we, uh, we're down at the property a lot. And, and uh, Marcia's had all them pictures on her phone. And she's been showing some of the, some of the folks. And I told her she needed to get them in sequence. Uh, from the from when we first walked onto the property, uh, we first walked onto the property. It was weeds and uh, scrub pines up to in many places up to my shoulders, and uh, we bought an old beat up. Well, we started out with a, the weed eater and the push mower we had here in in Fort Worth, and uh, that was going uh, very very uh, what do you want to say slow. And so finally, uh, I was looking on one of the one of the sites I don't offer up or marketplace, and I found this old John Deere garden tractor, and uh, and I've used that poor thing like a brush hog to clear a lot of that property, and uh, so the before and after pictures is what you ought to see. And I showed some folks Marsha cutting grass on there just this last Wednesday, and it just looks real nice and. And uh, it's so pretty, but uh, I'm looking forward to the day when the, when the excavator unloads his bulldozer and turns all that pretty grass into a building site. And, uh, and that looks like it could be uh, quite soon. But we appreciate your prayers very much. And I want to assure the church here that uh, we pray for you all every single morning. Pray for the church, pray for individuals. We tune in. On Wednesday nights, usually, uh, well, it's usually on Thursday morning when we're having our devotions because we want to catch up on who's on the prayer list and so forth. And so be assured, uh, you are on our hearts. We have not forgotten you, and uh, we will not forget you. Well, in Psalm 12, if you, want to, if you would uh, please stand with us in reverence to the Word of God. God's Word deserves that reverence. But revealed our great need to us and the great answer to our need. This evening we're going to look at, the, this morning we looked at pursuing or seeking excellence for Christ. Tonight we're going to look at faithfulness. The faithful. But listen to David's words here in Psalm 12, verse 1. Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth. For the faithful fail from among the children of men. We'll look a little bit more at that as we go along here. But, Father, we bow before you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that 
that uh, for the encouragement we receive from it. We surely thank you for the great message of the gospel that led us to Jesus. But Lord, we also thank you for the challenges and the exhortations that you lay out to our hearts from it. And I pray even this evening that you might be pleased to speak with us. Speak with us right here behind this holy desk. And Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that we'd go from this place this evening and be able to confess that indeed it has been good to be in the house of the Lord. So Lord, I pray this evening, please give clarity to the preacher. Help him loosen a stammering tongue that he might be able to declare the word of God in such a way that it would speak to every one of our hearts. We love you, Lord. We love you and thank you for Jesus tonight. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen. And of course, you may be seated. Being faithful, living a life that pleases the Lord Jesus Christ. A lot of folks here probably don't know who Will Rogers was. Probably the white hairs uh, remember who Will Rogers was. He was a humorist. I guess would be the way you would describe him. He had, a, he had more wisdom than, a, than most folks. But he had a way of, uh, of wording things that just uh, would make you smile but also think. And uh, believe it or not, he came from the wilderness. I mean, he came from Oklahoma. And uh, he was an Oklahoma fella. And, uh, but Will Rogers once quipped, Live in such a way that you would not be ashamed to sell your parrot to the town gossip. Now, that's humorous, but it's sure got a message, doesn't it? It's got a message. Live in such a way that you would not be ashamed to sell your parrot to the town gossip. Wow. Mm, Lord, help us. Well, when considering what it means to be a faithful believer in Jesus Christ. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't involve simply what goes on here at the church house. The, the church house is the easiest place to be a Christian, to live for Christ. What it really means is when we leave these doors, it, what it really means is when we're behind our doors and uh, out in the public or wherever it might be, that we are still considered faithful Christians, faithful believers in Jesus Christ. And, and with that point, we want to emphasize the import, how important it is for those who profess to be Christians to indeed be faithful, faithful. Two thoughts come to mind in, in making that statement. First of all, just what is a Christian? Now, hopefully we will all understand what that is this evening, but just so we're starting from the same place. And, and again, it's, it, it certainly isn't a silly question in these days. But depending on your background and your understanding of the Bible, there can be big, big differences in our understanding of what a quote-unquote Christian is. Hmm? Uh, I have, 
uh, precious loved one. That precious loved one is uh, got saved along the way, but uh, with the Lord now. But when there was a time when I spoke to him about what a Christian was, and and he told me, "Of course, I'm a Christian. I'm born in the United States, and I'm a good person." Well, hopefully, we understand that that is not the definition of a Christian. A Christian is someone who has come into a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. There was that point in their life that they came to an understanding of their, of their sin, that they are indeed guilty before God, and God gave them the understanding that they needed to repent of sin and turn in faith to the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. A faithful Christian is someone whose life is being made over into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is someone who has been saved, but we're, we're, as we all are, are in the process of becoming more and more like Jesus Christ, more and more like him. Uh, that person that faithful believer, they do right, as we saw this morning, because Jesus Christ lives in them. He is present in their life. And how could, how could his presence in our life not make an impression in our life and upon our life? They live, beloved, with a Christ-like character and integrity because of the influence of Christ and his word in their life. Now, I'm trying to get to a point here. They do right because they've been made right with God. Now, they're not made to do right. They do right because they are right with God. As they take on more and more the image of Christ in their life, they are then identified as what? A Christian. A Christian. And of course, we understand that that word Christian is, uh, is a term that defies, de defines a little Christ. We're like Christ. It's a diminutive form of the word. And we are to be Christians or like Christ, like him. Well, David, as we read there in, in Psalm 12 and verse 1, is lamenting, isn't he not? As we read that verse, help, Lord, help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth. What's he saying? It's harder and harder to find godly, a godly man. For the faithful fail from among the children of men. Wow, that's a sad situation, isn't it? And this is in David's day. I'm certain that we could, we could have that same lamentation in our day. It's harder and harder to find folks that are truly, truly committed to the Lord Jesus Christ, that are indeed seeking his excellence. Now, there's no question in our study of the Bible that we find that Faithfulness is very important to our God. Now, 
I've been afraid. I don't want, I don't want to give the wrong impression. This, this is, is not going to be a message about hounding folks about church attendance and tithing or such things like that. If you're, if you're, if you're living as a faithful Christian, those things are taken care of. Hmm? The preacher doesn't have to, to, to uh, get after you about your attendance if you're living for Christ. You're living faithfully for him. You want to be in the house of God. In fact, I was visiting with a, a brother uh, just recently and, I, and just discussing that very thing. And it's hard for me to understand how a believer, how a Christian, someone that has Christ living in them, doesn't want to be in church. Doesn't want to be with his brothers and sisters. and Doesn't want to be where the Lord Jesus Christ is honored and worshipped. We should be drawn to such a place from that one who lives within us. No, but that's not what our, our message is really about this evening. Being faithful as a Christian involves our remaining loyal and true to our God and to the truth of His Word. Hmm? We, we claim here at Metropolitan to be a Bible-believing church. In that statement, we are, we are declaring that we believe that the Bible is, the, is authoritative meaning that it is the authority of God in our life. God has given us his words so we could understand what he wants and expects from us. And that should be my desire. As someone that loves him and appreciates him and is grateful for all that he's done to me to, to search this book that indeed I would know how to please him and to live for him. Well, God will honor faithful service. Believe with all my heart that God will honor faithful servants. And uh, we, we have no clue what the impact of our lives might be on someone else. What I mean by that, we don't know what our faithful service of Christ might do for someone else as they observe our lives. I read this story, oh, many years ago, but it certainly applies here. There was a dear, dear old Scottish preacher, an elderly preacher. He was, re yeah, preachers love, pastors love this. He was being rebuked by one of his deacons one Sunday morning before the service. <laughs> oh, you love that. Uh, pastor, said the man, something must be wrong with your preaching and your work. There's only been one person added to the church in a whole year, and, and that was just a boy. Just a boy. Well, we'll get to that in a moment. The minister listened. His eyes moistened and his hand trembled. He says, I feel it. He says, I feel it all. And believe me, every pastor feels that very, that very pressure. In his life, it's a pressure that he has to continually lay to the Lord, lay off to the Lord. Well, he said, I feel it all. But God, my God knows that I've tried. That I've tried to do my duty. 
One that day, the minister's heart, the preacher's heart was heavy while he stood before his church. And as he finished the message that morning, he, he felt that inclination. Maybe I, maybe I should resign. He didn't. And after everyone else had left the service that morning, that one boy that had been saved that year and added to the church came up to him and asked him, Preacher, do you think if I worked hard for an education that I could become a preacher, perhaps a missionary? <laughs> Again, the tears welled up in the preacher's eyes, but this time for a whole different reason. He says, oh, he said to the boy, oh, this heals the ache I feel. He said, Robert, I see the divine hand now. May God bless you, my boy. Yes, I think you will become a preacher. Many, many, many years, even decades later, an aged veteran missionary returned to London from Africa. His name was spoken everywhere with reverence. Nobles invited him to their homes. He had added countless souls to the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, reaching even to some of Africa's most savage chiefs. His name was Robert Moffat, the same Robert that many, many years before had spoken to the pastor on that Sunday morning in the old Scottish church. Huh? We just don't know. Close as I can figure, Robert Moffat spent 50 years in the southern area of the continent of Africa. I don't know what that faithful preacher's name was, but one thing I am sure of, God knows his name. Huh? God knows his name. M may the Lord help us, beloved, to be faithful. Be faithful to our Savior, faithful to his word, faithful in our life. We don't know the impact we might have. So let's look at a few things here this evening. Very simple message tonight. You can be turning, I should have told you earlier, you can be turning to Matthew chapter 25. Look at one of the Lord's parables there for, for some thoughts. As, or excuse me, a Christian is a faithful individual. You're, you're so familiar with this passage. We'll, we'll read it. In Matthew 25 and, and picking up there in verse 14, where the Lord Jesus says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, called his own servants, and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability. The idea is, as, as best this man saw it, is their, their individual abilities. And straightway took his journey. 
Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and, and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. It means he came back and settled accounts. And so he that had received the five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliveredst unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and what? Faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received the two talents came and said, Lord, thou hast delivered unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord had said unto him, now notice, you'd think, well, maybe he would get a lesser commendation. No. He'd been faithful as well. Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou in the joy of thy Lord. Hallelujah. Then he, which had received the one talent, came and said, Lord, I knew thee, that thou art a hard man. Reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast thine, that is, that is thine. Excuse me. His Lord answered and said unto him, notice his answer. Thou wicked and slothful servant. Thou knewest that I reap where I sow not, and gather where I have not strawn. Thou oughtest, therefore, to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury, or interest is the idea. Take, therefore, the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For under every one that hath shall be given, he shall have abundance. But in him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye out the unprofitable. That word unprofitable means useless. Cast out the useless, the unprofitable servant in the outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Oh my. Wow. Wow. The Lord Jesus... He uses this parable, of course, to, to teach. He was always about teaching. But he uses it to teach his disciples a few things that are very important to make part of our lives, to incorporate into our lives. And that is, of course, if we would desire the Lord's blessing. I take it for granted that we all want God to bless our lives. Hmm? But the Christian life is a, is a life that 
Now, again, I, 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 as I started to say that, I want to make so many times you have to speak to the other, point, other side of things. We've been saved by grace through faith. Plus, plus nothing, minus nothing. Beloved, but I am also called one who is redeemed. I've been purchased. I belong to him. He is my Lord. Hmm? What do we owe to our Lord? He that is our Lord. Hmm? What did the Lord Jesus say to his disciples? If you love me, keep my commandments. Huh? Fundamentally. We who know the Lord Jesus Christ, we that have been bought and paid for by his blood, owe him our obedience, our devotion, our service, our faithfulness. Now, as we we look back to this description in verse 26 of this one who buried the the talent, his Lord, it says here, answered and said unto him, Thou wicked... The word this means evil. Thou evil and slothful or lazy servant. Wow. <laughs> it seems, it seems that our God has very little tolerance for laziness out of his children. He didn't save me. He didn't save you to just lay back and and. Uh, so, you know, what, what's the word? Just uh, cruise? Put it on cruise control? We're to be actively. He said, occupy till I come. We're to be busy about his work. Busy for him. Now, again, seems the Lord has very little tolerance for this slothfulness, especially when that slothfulness or laziness is keeping company, as we read here, with an evil character. They seem to go together, though. Hmm. Verse 30, the Lord Jesus calls this third man who buried the talent unprofitable. Unprofitable, as we said, useless. (laughs) I don't think any of us want to be regarded as useless. Huh? On the other hand, we see as well here that the Lord blesses faithful initiative to step up and serve him, to do for him. How long? With that that stated, how long should we continue to proclaim the gospel? How long should we continue to witness and share Christ? Hey, I, I love and I, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook. But I love it on Saturday afternoon if I open Facebook and there's pictures on there of the folks that were out here in the parking lot giving away Bibles and telling folks about Jesus. Does something in my soul. It encourages me. And I'm thankful that, that that's still going on. It's, hey... It's doing, being involved. Uh-huh. And uh, there, there's not a one of us that can't be involved with that work. In fact, it's a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous blessing. 
How long should we continue to proclaim the gospel witness for the Lord Jesus Christ? How long should we continue to buy up the opportunities to share our Savior with others? How long, beloved? Hmm. How long should we continue to teach and to preach and to seek, even seek the Lord's presence in our lives? How long? Well, just when is it time to quit serving Christ? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, familiar verse, verse 58. There it says, therefore, my beloved brethren. Paul loved the brethren, didn't he? Uh, He loved his fellow believers. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now, that word vain, it's interesting. We, we understand it's very similar to the word we see here to describe this unprofitable servant. That which is vain or useless, empty. Uh, but the, here, here the, uh, the Apostle Paul is using it to assure us that our labor for Christ is not in vain. That it is not empty. It is not useless. Indeed, just the opposite. He is assuring us that the Lord will bless that. So there's this call for faithfulness. Very, another very familiar verse of Scripture comes in earlier in Corinthians in chapter 4 and, and verse 2. Where there the Apostle Paul writing to the believers there in Corinth and he says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found, what? Faithful. <laughs> Notice, it's, it doesn't sound like a suggestion, does it? Sounds like it's what? A requirement. A requirement. Mm-hmm. Secular thinking. Now, what's secular thinking? Well, just by, by that, we mean worldly thinking. The way this world in which we live thinks is more and more seeking to crowd out biblical thinking. Hmm? doing its best to eliminate Christianity from this, from, from society. This world does not want, hey, I'm not here, I don't want to get into all that stuff. I could get on a rampage. Hmm? I'm asleep. I'm not, I'm not woke. <laughs> but I'm awake for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. This world is, go- is doing everything it can to shut you up. It, do- it doesn't want to hear from you. The point is, it doesn't want to hear the truth. Right. Hmm? Why? Because it convicts them of the, of the darkness in which they live. It's doing its best to shut, to shut biblical thinking down more and more. Well, the question then is, who's, who's willing to be faithful to the call? Who's willing to answer that call to be faithful, regardless of what the world, what the world demands? Hmm. We're going to see a little bit more about this. But the world, I'm convinced that this old wicked world, this, 
evil society in which we live is going to is going to put more it's going to seek to put more and more pressure on you it's going to work harder and harder to shut you up and take stronger and stronger message, uh, measures to shut you up that's a pleasant message isn't it thank you pastor preacher well the prize for faithfulness. You know, just about everyone appreciates a word of encouragement for doing a good job. Hmm? The guys, I was working with the guys yesterday, the young guys, they, they all did a terrific job serving the ladies. Hmm? And uh, uh, serving the, the food line, I had the privilege to be serving on the food line, the good, the better food line. Uh, in that was in the, the the old pastor's class. In fact, I repeatedly kept telling the ladies, "You chose the right door. You chose the door with the nice guys that serving you, the best looking and the nicest." But uh, yeah, right. <laughs> But uh, they, kept, of course, the ladies were so gracious, continually thanking us for, for serving them. And, hey, all I did was work a spoon. You know, I didn't do no cooking. I didn't do nothing. And so that was the easy job. But uh, I, I have a, I heard some, there's some new employees at Chick-fil-A. Well, we've got a, a, a granddaughter that's a new employee at Chick-fil-A. And I've asked her, I says, let me hear it. Let me hear it. What do you mean, Papa? What, what are you supposed to say to folks? It's my pleasure. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Well, it should be indeed our pleasure to serve Christ. Uh, being faithful to him is our pleasure. And it is always, it's always an encouragement to get that word of encouragement. A difficult task. Is somehow made easier when whoever it is, the boss or whoever the supervisor is, recognizes that you're doing a good job, that you're being faithful in your service. Well, our Creator, our God, understands us perfectly and completely. And He's good to give us encouragement a word of encouragement, and the insure, assurance to us that he acknowledges your faithfulness. And he takes note of your work for him. But that's not all. That's not all. Along with his acknowledgement and encouragement, he gives us a promise of reward for faithful service. That's terrific. Huh? We shouldn't need that to want to serve him. But he... He's, he's so good to give it to us. We read there in Matthew 25, verse 23, in the parable, the, this Lord said unto him, uh, both to the, the, that one who doubled the five talents and the one who doubled the two talents, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter thou, and I like this, we sometimes don't emphasize this last phrase. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. 
It's a, it's a joy to be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. It should bring joy to us to see. Hey, it was, was it not a joyful thing to see the, the, the folks uh, come into the membership of Metropolitan Baptist Church this morning? That's exciting. It's a joy. It's, hey, it's God acknowledging to this church that he's still on the scene. Mm-hmm. Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. That was, of course, it's those uh, letters to the seven churches of, of Asia. In, uh, in these verses, and, uh, it, the, Lord, uh, the Lord of the churches is speaking to the church of Smyrna, the suffering church. And he says this to them. He says, fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Wow. Does that so again? He doesn't say to those dear folks, fear none of those things which thou might suffer or possibly suffer. He says to them the things that you're going to suffer. Again, that church is known as the suffering church, the persecuted church. He says, Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death. Unto death. And I will give thee a crown of life. It's quite... Quite a, quite a statement in that verse, isn't it? Huh? I don't know if Christianity, God's churches in these days may have to take up the mantle of the church of Smyrna and expect some persecution, even greater per- persecution as is described here, imprisonment, tribulation, death. There's a young man that's a member of the church where we attend there in, in, in Sonoya, Georgia. His, his name's Eliezer Perry. He's from India. In fact, he's in India right now. But at every prayer meeting, he uh, expresses his, uh, his desire for the, the folks there, the believers there, the church, to pray for India. Sarah Pauli ladies were here yesterday for the ladies' conference. I was speaking to... To, to them yesterday and, and uh, speaking about the persecution that is going on in India right now. Eliezer, Brother Perry, is, has shared that there's, there are preachers being murdered in India right now. Churches being burned. The believers persecuted Across, especially in certain parts of, of India. And of course, his heart is for his people. Hmm? Could it be? Yes, it could be. But it's interesting. The Lord promises those believers there in, in the church at Sperna that, uh, yes, they may suffer. They may experience persecution. They may be imprisoned. They may be murdered for the cause of Christ. But notice what he says to them. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee. 
a crown of life. Huh? There's no, the word, the, the scriptures aren't, the, the words of the scripture are, are what? All scripture is given by every word. And as we look at the words of this verse, be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of what? Life. <laughs> yes. This world, the devil, and his crowd may bring on persecution. There may be some with us, some of us who will die at their hands <laughs> physically. But there's a crown of life huh, awaiting. Yes, and that crown, I'm, I'll try to hasten here, that crown spoken of here was that, that crown, that Stephanus, as it was called in the Greek, or the victor's crown. It was, a wove, it was woven out of leaves and it would be placed upon the head of the victor either in the, the athletic events or, or even for a conquering general as he had returned from the battle victorious. It was the victor's crown. And here the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking to dear saints of the church of Smyrna who had suffered persecution on his behalf, some that had been, that had been murdered. And he promises them that they will receive that victor's crown, not of death, but of life. And we know that it is an eternal life. And there's no accident that the Holy Spirit uses that, again, that same word to describe another crown of suffering. Get this. That crown, that one that the soldiers pressed or plaited together of thorns and pressed upon the sinless head of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't it interesting? They use the same word. Wow. Little did that crowd know at the time that they were crowning the Lord Jesus Christ for his glorious victory over sin and death. Uh, the victor's crown. In Galatians chapter 6 verse 9, here's another word of encouragement in the face of this. It says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due, excuse me, in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. We shall be rewarded. Certainly, there are times we get tired, don't we? Indeed, there are times we get tired as we seek to serve the Lord and we seek to do right and good for Him. And in the secular world, I, 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 I'll be honest with you, I, I always like getting paid every week. Hmm? Rather than, you know, every two weeks, you know, some places pay that away and some places only pay once a month. I, I, I just enjoyed being paid every week. <laughs> uh, there was something more encouraging about getting that more immediate reward for your labor. Well, Paul tells us that we can be assured we labor faithfully, 
that God will bless that labor for him. He will. We shall reap, not might reap. Again, not possibly reap. There will be fruit for faithful labor in the Lord's work. Hmm? We have the promise. Promise of who? The unfailing, truthful, faithful Lord Jesus Christ. Well, last point. The need. (laughs) The need for faithful workers. Again, remember how David was lamenting that how the, 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 the godly man, the righteous were ceasing and how hard it was to find the faithful. But there's that challenge to us. Challenge to us as, as, as believers, as Christians. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, very, again, very, very familiar words. A word, a challenge, a direction that the Apostle Paul gave to his, his disciple, Timothy. And he said to him, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to... What kind of men? Faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Uh Do we want to see the cause of Christ continue? Obviously we do. Surely, Surely we do. Every pastor, every church needs to be willing to invest. When I say church, I'm talking about you all. Hmm? Not just the pastor, not just our missionaries. But we need to be willing to invest our lives in the lives of others. Hmm? It should be our daily prayer that God will allow us To duplicate ourselves in others. Hmm? See folks saved. We've been gone a little over four months. As far as I know, in getting around town here the last few days, it seems like there's still some lost people to be one around here. Hmm? To win them to Christ. Teach them. Disciple them. why, Why? So that they can do the same thing. They can do the same thing. Yes. To pour out our lives into this next generation. This next generation, yes, they need to see, as we saw this morning, they need to see us pursuing excellence for Christ. They need to see a faithful example. You know, it's a common thing, and it, it... but as I, even as I said that, I, I'm thinking of a, a dear friend of ours, a lady that Marcia and I have known for, oh my, probably 35 years or more. Her name's Carol, and she's battling cancer. You know all about things like that. It's so tough. She's battling cancer, and just a week ago Tuesday, she was back to the the cancer doctors and they ran their scans and all that and and they gave her that news that yes indeed the cancer is spreading the cancer's got into here and there and and uh, 
assured her that oh, it, the, the good side, the good side of that is that it's not not spreading quickly. But you know, uh, you go to church with Carol, and you never see her moaning and groaning. You never see her bemoaning the cancer. Just the opposite. She's always there with a smile. She's always there as best she can to to encourage you. Mm -hmm. It's a testimony to this old man. Her faithfulness. Her exhibiting to me that even though she's going through a tough time that is, again, a battle with cancer that is indeed one day going to take her life. But the joy of the Lord is so obvious. Huh? That crown of life is so obvious in her that it's a testimony to all the rest of us. Oh, my. An individual who is faithful, beloved, to his commitments to the Lord demonstrates the quality of his faith the quality of his faith. The Lord Jesus Christ, again, as always, is our, our supreme example. And again, I assure you, I'm trying to finish here. Twice in the book of Revelation, our Savior is called the faithful one, the faithful and true. In Revelation chapter 3 and verse 14, he's talking to, the Lord Jesus is talking to that Laodicean church. That church was known not because it was hot or it was cold, but it was just lukewarm. Hmm? Perish that from us. Verse 14 of chapter 3, the Lord says to that church, Unto the angel, the church of the Laodiceans, write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. The Lord Jesus Christ, He's the faithful and the true one. He challenged that church to repent, to turn from their lukewarmness, to open that door unto him. In the 19th chapter of Revelation, in verse 11, John declares as he was given that glorious vision, he says, I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called, what? Faithful and true, and in righteousness, He doth judge and make war. Faithful and true is our Savior. We never need fear, beloved. Get this. We never need fear that the Lord Jesus Christ will cease to be faithful. Somewhere along the line, he's going to say, that's enough. I'm through with them. I wouldn't blame him. But it's never going to happen. He will always be faithful. Why? Because that's who he is. He is the faithful one. It's a fundamental character and quality of who and what he is. The faithful and true. But you know, I always ask, quite often ask this question. How about us? How about us? Are we faithful? Is faithfulness one of those fundamental characters and qualities that describes us? 
Oh, God, grant it. What's the old movie where the old fuss budget had the dog and every time the squirrel ran by, squirrel! I don't know about you, but I have a trouble with that. My attention is easily diverted. Find myself being caught up with this and the other thing. And sometimes have to step back and say, wait a minute. Huh? There's just too much of this or there's too much of that in my life. And, and get what? Get the focus back on where, what the, where it should be. Where it ought to be. Oh my, help us. We hear, will we hear, beloved, those wonderful words? Huh? Yes, it was a parable. But I think the Lord Jesus Christ spoke that parable to encourage and challenge our hearts. That indeed, I believe, I believe it's, I believe it's his great joy to be able to say to his faithful ones, well done, thou good and faithful servant, thou hast been faithful. Let's stand together. Father, we bow before you. Lord, I surely thank you. Thank you, Father, for the privilege that's been granted to me to to preach from this pulpit today. God, I'd ask you in Jesus' name, should be please help us, Lord. Oh, God, help us to pursue excellence for our God, for you, for your son, Jesus Christ. Help us, Father, that all along the way be our utmost desire to be faithful to you, faithful servants of our Lord. Oh, God, please. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for Jesus. It's in his name that we do pray. Amen and amen. Brother John. Page 337. Amen. Of course, the altars are open if you'd be pleased to use them as we sing. When we walk with the Lord in the light
All we are is the receivers of the gospel. That's all the qualification we have. It's not our abilities. It's not our knowledge. It's just that he has made us stewards of the gospel. And he said, we, re we heard it a while ago, it's required in a steward. Think about it. Somebody gave you the gospel because they were faithful. It's required in a steward that a man be found faithful. Faithfulness. That's showing up every time and being ready to go to work. So, I thank the Lord for this day. It's been a good day in the Lord. And I, I appreciate all, I've been amazed in the last uh, two or three weeks of what our women could get done and what these youth can do. You know, we, t we were out there yesterday taking down the tables. I told the men, if you don't know what to do, just ask one of these young guys. They can tell you. They know exactly how to do it. They know what's next. They're faithful. And so pray one for another, love one another, and always be found faithful. Brother Gary Branson, would you lead us in a word of prayer, please, brother? Open our eyes. What's that? Tuesday night visitation. Oh.